had a professor several years ago, and every lecture right before an exam, she would end class this way. She would say, we have an exam coming up. You can't just say your prayers and expect to do well. I'll save you the trouble. Your prayers have already been answered. Study. <laughs> Sometimes uh, when we think God helps those who help themselves, we think we pray and then we got to do our part, right? That's why I spent most of my week preparing this sermon. It's not that uh, the prayer that Elise just prayed for us, it's not that I didn't, I didn't think that it was a valid prayer. It wasn't that I didn't think that I would be guided by the Holy Spirit and that I would waltz up into this pulpit and sort of give you a message that would be succinct and timely. But it's because I believe that through prayer and work and wrestling, that God would speak through these words. Does God really help those who help themselves? If we sort of stay on the surface of that question, we can sort of arrive at, yes, we can pray, but then we have to do our part. But what I would like for us to do this morning is sort of get down to the next layer of that question. Because that question often comes up and arrives in our lives and comes across our lips when we're faced with situations like these. It was an ordinary Tuesday afternoon. I was standing at my desk many years ago. I was hammering through emails, minding my own business, when I and the entire office staff were startled by someone shouting from down the hall. There was a woman screaming. And she happened to be screaming my name, Matthew! Matthew, Pastor Matthew, where are you? This wasn't what you would call a normal Tuesday in the orderly office of a Presbyterian church. So some folks began to poke their heads out of their offices. Others were scared and shut their offices and closed the blinds. I ran out of my office because it was my name that was being yelled after all. And there she was, Shirley. Shirley was hobbling down the hall, yelling my name. Bandages were still on her right leg, wrapped around her calf. She had the hospital bands still on her left wrist. She was wearing clothes that needed a really, really, really good wash. It had been six weeks since Shirley had last seen me. It had been six weeks since Shirley had stopped by to ask me for some help with groceries. Shirley was what you would call a, a regular. Every six weeks, like clockwork, Shirley would show up. She would ask for assistance, and Shirley knew the drill. She knew the protocol. Shirley was supposed to go to the front desk. She was supposed to talk to Miss Nancy. Miss Nancy would pick up her phone and call me, and I would come down, and I would talk and visit with Shirley. I would offer her some assistance, and Shirley would always pray for me. But for whatever reason, on that ordinary Tuesday afternoon, Shirley did not follow protocol. She went right by Miss Nancy's desk, right up the stairwell, and came screaming down the office. After I offered Shirley some assistance, 
grocery store gift cards. After Shirley prayed for me, Shirley left. That afternoon, uh, folks started to come by my office and they would not. Hey, Matthew, you, uh, you, you have a minute? They would ask questions like this. Um, Do you remember that woman who was here screaming earlier today? And I said, yeah, I remember her. <laughs> they would say, do we help her every time she comes here? Hey, Matthew, you got a minute? I just got a quick question about the, about the lady that was here earlier. How often does she come here? The church administrator knocked on my office. Matthew, after today's uh, event, uh, do you think that we should look into security protocols here at the church? <laughs> Doesn't God help those who help themselves, Matthew? We've been helping Shirley forever. I bet it wasn't 10 days that went by. I was standing right at that desk uh, hammering through emails one afternoon. Email came right in my inbox. It's from a guy I knew at the church. We, uh, we had crossed paths. He, he asked if uh, he could make an appointment and come see me. And I said, sure. So the day arrived when we were supposed to have an appointment. And he did. He went right down to Miss Nancy. He checked in. Miss Nancy called me. I came down the stairwell. He said, uh, hey, Matthew, I, I just, I'm so grateful to have some time today. Can we find a, a, a spot just in a corner that we can talk for a minute? I said, absolutely, man. Found a little nook right around the corner from the front desk of the church, and he said, listen, I, I hate to bother you. I hate to even ask this. I, 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 I'm not real sure how to ask it. Uh, I, I don't know if you know, but I lost my job three months ago. Things have gotten really tight at home. I've gone over to the kids' school, and, and the headmaster's been great. They're going to they're gonna allow us to scholarship the kids. The kids can stay in the school that they're going to. But i got to tell you, just between you and me, I don't know how to say this. <coughs> Mortgage is coming in the mail next week, and I don't, I don't have the funds for it. <coughs> I didn't know if there was, a, if there was a, a fund here at the church. I didn't know if there's any way that you could help me out. I don't want to be a bother. If there's any way that you could help me just make a, a mortgage payment or two, and if you have, do we do, we still do those grocery gift cards? Man, it'd really help me out if I could get one of those. I said, I, you know, we can help you absolutely. We prayed together. He went out, got in his car. And no one stopped by my office that afternoon. No one even knew he had been there. No one came and knocked. To ask me questions they didn't know does God really help those who help themselves that's the question that we turn to when we're faced with situations like that is it not I mean we want to do good we want to help folks we want to be good stewards we want to make sure that the money that we give has the greatest reach We rely on the words that we have been taught, the words that we've turned to a thousand times. God helps those who help themselves. But I want us to explore this morning, does God really help those who help themselves? You know, the, the vast majority of Americans believe that this is true. 
Over 80% of Americans in a recent Barnup poll have said that God helps those who help themselves is their favorite Bible verse in the entire Bible. 75% of American teenagers, 75% of American teenagers believe that God helps those who help themselves is the greatest message of the entire Bible. Which is interesting when you think about it. And it presents a bit of a problem. It's a, it's a small problem, a tiny one really. That verse is not in the Bible. <laughs> tiny problem. And here's the thing. If 80% of American Christians identify that this is their favorite verse in the entire Bible, some of us may have walked into the sanctuary this morning believing that that was our favorite verse too, and I don't want us to pick on them. It's not fair. But I do think that we got to get to the root of what this means. If this verse is not in the Bible, then where did it come from? And how have we, as a majority of Americans, identified it back to Holy Scripture? Do you know that this statement, God helps those who help the, helps themselves, can be traced back to the Greek philosophers? But it was cemented in our uh, American vocabulary when Benjamin Franklin included it in his Poor Richard's Almanac. It's cemented that that would be a statement that would be passed on to the generations. I mean, it does sort of speak to our Protestant work ethic, doesn't it? Say your prayers, trust your guts, and pull yourselves up by your own bootstraps. You can pray for the exam, but I'll tell you the answer to your prayers. Study. That statement speaks to us, except while that may feel right to us as Americans, it's not in the Bible. In fact, our passage that I just read for today, Jesus has something quite different to say. Jesus, right before the passage that I read this morning, has been healing the sick. He's been healing the blind. He literally has gone out to those on the farthest margins and he's healing those with leprosy. Jesus has been helping and healing those who quite literally cannot help themselves. And then Jesus arrives at the home of Levi, who's a tax collector. Jesus goes from helping those who cannot help themselves to showing up at a tax collector's house. Tax collectors were the last people in the world who would ever need help. I mean, what does Jesus have to offer Levi? I mean, Levi is self-sufficient. He's a person of immense means. He has the right job. He has the right family. Levi is the one that people come to to ask for help. Surely Levi doesn't need help. Levi's a tax collector. But we know, don't we? All of us know that things are never as they appear. They're not always how they appear. I've come to learn that that's true for us no matter where we live, no matter how much money we do or do not make, no matter where our kids go to school or where we go on vacation. I've come to learn that we can never imagine what other people are carrying right there below the surface 
of what we see. We can never imagine what people are carrying, what burden or grief or pain or story that people carry around like a, a stone with them everywhere they go, every day of their lives. We can only see only see what we want to see. We sometimes see what we want to see. I mean, it happens to all of us. I mean, think about the guy who's down over at Park and Central. You know the guy. He's out there holding the sign every single day. I don't know about you, but man, I can spend about 15 seconds at that stoplight and I can make up his entire life story. I can come up with his entire life story about how he got to where he is holding that sign. And you know what? I, I never even rolled down the window to ask him if it's true. It happens to all of us, doesn't it? Does that, happen? Does that ever happen to you? You wonder, right? If, if that guy can hold that sign all day, every day, maybe he can hold a broom. Then he wouldn't have to be there holding that sign. Oh, it happens to all of us. We can see what we want to see. If I go in the parking lot of North Park Mall, I go right into Nordstrom's. I want to go in and buy something. The person in front of me in the line is beautiful. I mean beautiful. And they must have been really successful because they got a pile of stuff right there at the Nordstrom's checkout line. And I think, man, they're doing everything right. Their life is perfect. I bet their kids are just as beautiful as they are. They must be doing all right if they can come in here and one day buy all that stuff. And like that. Begin judging my life against their life. I've never even met them. Things are not always as they appear. There's always more going on below the surface. That's why the Pharisees take one look at Jesus having supper with Levi, and they asked the question, why would he be having dinner with him? Levi? Levi's a tax collector. Levi is the least deserving person of God's mercy. Levi is beyond the limits of God's love. Why would Jesus be with Levi? Why would Jesus be with a tax collector? What in the world does a tax collector need? And Jesus says, because... It's not the healthy that are in need of a doctor, but the sick. I've come to call the righteous. I've come not to call the righteous, but the sinners. Levi, a self-sufficient tax collector, is not beyond the help of God. Surely. Surely, remember her who was screaming? She struggles with mental illness, and she's lived on the margins of society for as long as she's ever lived. And she was not beyond the help of God. That dad, that dad who wanted to email me and set up a place just quiet to talk, the one who emailed me because he couldn't quite make ends meet for his family, he was not beyond the help of God. For my friends, we know this to be true about our lives. We will go through seasons and situations in our lives where we will all recognize that we are in need of help that we can't provide for ourselves. Help that we can't achieve 
or earn or manufacture? And do you know what we call receiving help when we are absolutely helpless? Grace. When we receive help, when we are absolutely helpless, that is what grace is. I'm reminded of the story, the guy who was walking down the street many years ago, he wasn't paying attention to where he was going. And he walked right into a hole, and he hit the bottom of the hole, and he got in there, and he looked around, and he goes, man, these walls are really steep. There's no way that I can climb out of this thing. He's in the bottom of this hole, and a doctor walks by. And the guy yells up, and he says, hey, doc, I'm stuck down in this hole. Can you help me out? And the doc stops, and he writes him a prescription, and he drops it in the hole, and the doctor keeps walking. And just so my doctors won't think that I'm picking on them, a priest goes walking down the street. <laughs> Guy's in the bottom of the hole. He can't get out. And he says, hey, father, I'm stuck down in the bottom of this hole. Can you help me out? The priest stops, writes him a really beautiful prayer, drops it right in the hole, and keeps on walking. Guy's buddy is walking down the street, and the guy in the bottom of the hole says, Hey, Joe, it's me. I'm stuck down in the bottom of the hole. And before he knows it, Joe jumps into the hole with him. And the guy says, Are you an idiot? That is the dumbest thing that you could have ever done because now we're both stuck down in this hole. How are we going to get out? And Joe says, Oh, don't worry, man. I've been in this hole before, I know the way out. When you are absolutely helpless and you receive the help that you most need, that's grace. And my dear friend, which one of us has never been down stuck in a hole and needed some help? And someone has jumped in that hole and shown us the way out. That's not just the good news of the gospel. That is the greatest news that we could ever hear. That's the great news of the gospel. That we believe in a God who helps those who cannot, who cannot help themselves. A God who took on flesh in the life of Jesus to jump into the very holes of our lives and to show us a way out. A God who jumps down in the holes of our life, down in the holes of our pain, in the holes of our addiction, in the holes of our loss, into the holes of our loneliness and our sin and our depression and our pain and our infidelity and our poverty. That's where God jumps in. Show us a way out, a way of new life that we could never imagine when we're in that hole. Does God help those who help themselves? Not the right question, better question. Does God help those who cannot help themselves? To that question I say yes. For in that answer, in that answer are all the laws and all the prophets in Christ Jesus himself.
Thanks be to God for a God like that. Amen.